This is the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and physician assistant Jenny Berman. We are here to treat problems and not symptoms. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to treat anyone or to give medical advice. If you are interested in any information that we are giving and would like to use this for yourself, we recommend that you contact your primary care physician or reach out to us and ask us questions about yourself specifically. Enjoy. Here we go, and we're rolling, baby, the Berman Method podcast where we are treating symptoms all day long. No, (laughs) we're not treating symptoms. We're treating problems, not symptoms. (laughs) We're focused on treating problems and not symptoms. We are David going against Goliath, where Goliath is the corporate medical system. We do not believe that Western medicine has your best interests in mind. We believe that they are focused on client retention. Pharmaceutical companies specifically are focused on client retention. And the, the way we think that, or the reason why we think that is because there's not a single pharmaceutical in this world that doesn't have at least one side effect that requires another pharmaceutical to treat that side effect that comes with another side effect. So they're really focused on client retention, not cures. So here we are focusing on treating problems, not symptoms. We've been at this for a while. We're coming up on 100 episodes sooner or later, right? (laughs) At some point. At at some some point, point we'll hit 100. (laughs) I can't believe that we're really this far into it. When we first started this thing, it's like, yeah, let's let's see how it's going to go. Yeah. Here we are. It's going. We appreciate all of our followers, all the downloads. That's been really nice. Yeah. So if you like the podcast, sharing it on social media is really great for us. Um, So if you find one that you like or one that hits home, then share it on your Facebook or your Instagram page. Tag us. We'd love to see you. Yes. Share it to your friend that will not listen to you. Share it to your family member that won't listen to you and say, listen to this, damn it. Yeah, you can't treat family. So if if they're not listening to you, just pass it along at some point, they will start listening without telling you, and then, <laughs> and then they'll drink the Kool-Aid. And then they'll find somebody else. Right. And they'll say, oh, look at this other person that I found. Right, right. So, Anyways, you found a really interesting statistic, study, statistic. It was a study that was done. I actually initially heard about it on the radio and I came home and I was like, you're never going to believe what study I heard on the radio. So then, of course, I had to go and look it up for myself and uh, read about it. And so basically it was published out on USA Today. And so then I had to do some digging and figure (laughs) out where did it really come from? Where did this study really come from? So there was a a study that was discussed and it said the inability to stand on one leg for 10 seconds without holding on to anything in the middle to later life, we're going to talk about that, was linked to a near doubling in the risk of death from any cause within the next 10 years. 
So if you can't stand, if you're in the middle to later life, and that's where I was like, well, what does that even mean? But if you're in middle to later life and you cannot stand on one leg for 10 seconds without holding on to something, you are at double the risk of dying within the next 10 years. That's insane. Oh, wait, no, it's not. I mean, it's not. When I came home and told you, I was like, this proves everything that we talk about all the time about how important the strength in your buttocks is and that you need to be able to balance and have proprioception. And so I was like really excited. I'm like, it's out there. It's real. (laughs) She was super excited. (laughs) What we've been preaching for a year is out there. So when I went deeper into the study, the age group that the study was done with was from ages 51 to 75. So all the participants were um, between the ages of 51 to 75, and they had to stand on one leg for 10 seconds on each leg during the study. They had to stand on one leg for 10 seconds without holding on to anything and make it through the 10 seconds. And I have to go, I'd have to go back and reread it again, but because I can't remember how often they had to do this, like on a daily basis or what the time frame was. But what it said is that one in five could not do complete the task. And there was actually an increased risk of mortality or proof of mortality for those who could not stand on one leg within the 10 years that the study was going on. It's very interesting, and we're going to dissect it a little bit more. However, before we start dissecting it, one of the reasons why Jenny was so excited and I too was excited is because standing on one leg for 60 seconds is one of Jake Berman's keys to success for life longevity and maintaining high quality of life, right? So being able to stand on one leg for 60 seconds and do a good squat, bend over in standing position, bend over and touch your toes. And then the fourth blue light special one was to be able to get down on the ground and get back up without using your hands. And I've been preaching this stuff for years. However, there was never any scientific research behind it or any data that suggested that officially other than my unofficial findings saying that these are the most commonalities amongst the clients that I've worked with over the years that are doing really good. And I was looking specifically at people in their 80s and upper 80s where they would come in and it's like, oh my gosh, you do not look like you're 85 years old. You don't move like you're 85 years old. You move like you're 60 years old. And that person was able to stand on one leg for 60 seconds, bend over and touch their toes, do a squat and get down on the ground and get back up again without using their hands. And those were commonalities amongst people that I had seen over the years. So now that we've got this study that comes out, there we go. There's your scientific backing. So I was pulling up the study while Jake was talking, and there's a part in here that says uh, more than half of those between the age of 71 to 75 were unable to complete the test. Um, They couldn't stand on one leg for 10 seconds. And during a monitoring period of seven years, 7% of them died. So 7% of the individuals between, well, yeah, between ages 71 and 75 
died within seven years when they could not stand on one leg. So I think it's important that we start dissecting this a little bit more because not being able to stand on one leg is not what kills you. The fact that you're not able to stand on one leg usually has a high correlation with you're not in shape. You're not exercising. You're not taking care of yourself. You're probably not eating right. You're probably having a more sedentary lifestyle. And all of those things are essentially what contribute to your early onset mortality. It's not because you can't stand on one leg. It's because you can't stand on one leg. It's highly likely that you have a sedentary lifestyle and people who are sedentary generally don't live as long as people that are active. Right. And this could be related to cardiovascular disease. So you have a higher risk of death with cardiovascular disease or even cancer can be a part of the diagnosis. It could be a hip fracture. So you don't have the balance or to be able to, if you can't stand on one leg, you can't walk right? We walking, you essentially are transitioning from one leg to the other, but a lot of it comes to not having the proprioception when you're walking. So getting up in the middle of the night when it's dark and trying to walk, if you don't have that balance, you're at higher risk for falling. Once you have a hip fracture at 70 plus, your risk of mortality increases as well. Hey, so. I, think it, I think the official stat is it increases by 11 billion. 11 billion. Yeah, <laughs> that is the official stat. So Jenny said something a minute ago, and I know that there's some people that are scratching their heads because they didn't, they don't fully understand what she meant by it. She said, if you can't stand on one leg, you can't walk. There's a lot of people that can walk. Most, I'm assuming that all of these people in the study walked into the study, yet they couldn't stand on one leg. However, if you cannot stand on one leg and you're walking, you're essentially doing controlled falling, meaning that you're going to start falling and you catch yourself one step after another, and that's called controlled falling. I know this isn't going to make a whole lot of sense because it barely makes any sense when I can do this in, in person with people. You just got to take this for what I'm saying over the podcast. And just trust me that we have a family, a couple of family members that I'm thinking about off the top of my head that are avid walkers. Yet I can guarantee you that the one that I'm thinking about cannot stand on one leg for 10 seconds and just guarantee you that. So the thing that you have to understand is that if you can't stand on one leg, walking is essentially standing on one leg over and over again. And if you can't do it statically, the only way you can do it is with momentum or controlled falling is essentially what it is, which is not good because you don't have muscles working. So it's kind of like cheating in a sense. You walked three miles, but you didn't really use any muscles to do it. And people are listening to this scratching their head. Well, how do you walk three miles and not use muscles? You do it with controlled falling. Mm -hmm. You do it with momentum. Right. Like how many people do we know that walk for miles and you look at the musculature in their legs and it's like there's nothing there. Right. They're toothpicks. Right. The muscles aren't activating and actually firing. Yeah. Here's a great test. 
If you think that you are doing something productive by walking three miles or five miles every single day, here's the test. Go see if you can make it a half a mile on the beach. So you, you would think that if you can walk five miles across cron- concrete, you should be able to walk a half a mile on the beach, right? Without shoes. Without shoes. Yeah. Yes, even better. Right. Yep. Not in the hard sand either. Let's get really specific. So not down there by where the water is breaking, not on the hard sand, even though it's still going to be harder to do that than mm-hmm. it is on concrete. Get up there in the soft sand and see if you can make it even a quarter mile. If you can make it a quarter mile and you don't feel any muscles working at all, you are doing awesome. Right. I can't do it. Right. If I were to go walk a quarter mile in the soft sand right now, my calves would be burning. Right. Yeah. It's hard work. Yeah. So that's the difference. That's what we're talking about with controlled following versus actually using muscles. So just because we're talking about it now, the muscles that you use to walk in soft sand on the beach, those are the muscles you should be using when you're walking three miles or five five miles every single day. You're just not. Right. And something we had talked about last week is the, the posture, how big of a difference posture makes. And so your posture when you're walking is going to set you up for being able to actually activate the right muscles. And a lot of us, again, don't focus on our posture the entire time that we are walking and, and really thinking about the during the three or five miles that we're walking, activating our muscles, getting our shoulders back, getting our chest up, pulling our pelvis under. We're not focusing on these things to be able to actually activate the muscles. So if we're not activating, then we're doing that, that momentum work, the controlled falling, or we're shuffling our gait. That's another one we see a lot. I love the shuffle. That was my grandpa in his last years. You always knew where he was in the house because you just heard him shuffling around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it was always a joke. Pick up your feet, grandpa. Right. And then he was in the military, so he'd start marching in place just (laughs) trying to be funny. (laughs) But pick up your damn feet. Right. So, but yeah, I just thought it was very interesting that our health can be dictated by the ability to stand on one leg. And so if we can't stand on one leg, then we have to change something. We either need to start working on muscle activation. We need to work on weight loss so that our center of gravity is more efficient. And if we're working on weight loss and we're improving our blood sugar, we're improving our blood pressure, we're helping our cardiovascular or heart disease that we might have, which can help with prolonging that mortality rate too. So as Jake was saying, the 10 seconds is not to dictate your balance necessarily and saying that if you can't balance on one leg, you're going to fall and break your hip and die. It's more to say that that's dictating your overall health and that if you can't balance on one leg, it's more likely that you are sedentary, don't have the proper musculature, you may be overweight, you have an increased risk of heart disease blood sugar instability, diabetes, prediabetes, which are all setting you up for earlier mortality. Yes. I know that we've got a wide range of age 
groups that listen to this podcast. And I know that the younger people listening to this right now are thinking that this has nothing to do with them. They think that you just magically wake up one day and you're old and you can't balance on one leg anymore. And that's not true. It's not true at all. So that person that's 75 years old and cannot balance on one leg, it's not like it just happened overnight. These things, these inabilities to do these things start in your 40s and 50s. Because think about it. When you're in your 40s and 50s, how often do you get down on the ground and then get back up again without using your hands? Not as often as in your 20s. Not Chasing as often. Chasing a kid. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in your 20s and 30s and I guess early 40s and you're chasing kids around, you're up and down all the time. However, when you get into your 50s, it is so rare to see somebody in their 50s get down on the ground and then get back up again without using your hands. Mm -hmm. And what that's doing is it's not forcing your legs to do the work of elevating your body weight against gravity to stand back up again because you're using your arms to assist your legs to do it. Now, you do this over 10, 20, 30, 40 years There's no way that you can get yourself up off the ground again without using your arms when you're in your 70s and 80s. You just can't do it because it's it's essentially death by a thousand cuts, meaning that one little paper cut is not going to kill you. A hundred little paper cuts, it's not going to kill you. But if you had a thousand paper cuts, chances are you're going to get an infection and you could possibly die from it. Mm -hmm. So this is where the saying comes from, death by a thousand cuts. You're in your 50s and you stop using your legs 100% to get yourself up off the ground and you start utilizing your arms 5%. And then in your 60s, you're using your arms 10%. Then in your 70s, you're using your arms 25%. When you get in your 80s, there's about 0% chance that you can get up off the ground without using your arms. And that's where life alert comes in, right? right? Right. So, and this even goes way back. You know, we've talked about this before, although it's been a while, is how toddlers can just squat down and squat back up without having to even think about it. They're able to get in like the little fetal position down on their feet and get back up without even using their hands or any momentum to help their themselves stand. And we're seeing this with Stella, although as they start to get a little bit older and they get in school age and they start sitting in a chair, their ability to squat all the way down to the ground and back up diminishes. It just goes away. And you were actually doing that with Stella just a couple of days ago at the gym is her ability to do that is already decreasing. She completely forgot how to do it. She mm-hmm. can still do it physically. She forgot how to do it. And I wasn't paying attention because it's just something that gradually happens. However, six months ago, she was constantly squatting down to play with toys and standing back up, squatting down, standing back up. However, with things in her hands. With things, and, yeah, toys, yeah. everything. However, now... I haven't seen her squat in a really long time, Mm -hmm. weeks, probably months, but I didn't realize it. 
So at the gym, I'm going, okay, let's get back to work here, Stella. And she's like, what are you trying to make me do? I can see her. She's going, what are you trying to make me do, dad? And then once she did it, she dropped right down and could get right back up again. She just forgot how to do it because they got those little tiny baby chairs at daycare. Right. And so she sits in a chair all day instead of sitting on the ground. But the point of me saying that is when we stop doing it, our body forgets how to do it and our muscles forget how to do it. We have to regularly do something and activate the muscles to be able to keep that ability to get down the ground and stand back up to be able to go up the up and down the stairs with both legs to be able to stand on one leg. Yeah. And that was something else, you know, Stella had a, she fractured her hip, which people are like, what? She's a toddler, but she fractured her hip several months ago. And we started noticing shortly after she was back to doing her routine and running and walking and everything that she was only going up and down the stairs with one leg. And so we've had... Leading with her left leg. Right, right. So she was always... Every step was leading with the same leg and every step down was leading with the same leg. And again, it's just because for that time period while she was healing, she didn't, she couldn't go up with the other leg. And it, you know, we as adults, when we come out of a cast or come out of a healing phase, we know we have to equally work both sides as a toddler. They don't know. So we had to start encouraging her both legs, both legs. But again, it's just one of these things that the body just, the body will figure out how to continue to do things without the right muscles, but it's not the right way. Yeah. It's the same thing as a wolf out in the wild. A wolf out in the wild gets caught in a trap and it will literally chew its leg off to free itself. So yesterday it was a four-legged wolf. Today it's a three-legged wolf and it's just going to go on living its life like nothing ever happened. Back to Stella, had we not been cognizant of what she was doing, she would continue doing it. Mm -hmm. So she would be five years old and running around a soccer field or gymnastics, whatever it is. Ten years old, she's doing the same thing and she's still favoring the left side over the right side. 15 years old, when she starts to go through puberty and hits massive growth spurts and her body really changes and she's going to gain way more weight because she's becoming a woman, that's when the injury is going to occur. And you try to think about it and you're like, how the heck is this right leg so much weaker than the left leg? This is a 15-year-old girl that's been in, been an athlete her whole entire life. I'm foreshadowing right now. Well, when she was one... She had a tiny hair fracture in her right leg, and that forced her to use her left leg, mm -hmm. and she never broke the habit. Right. So this happened 15 years ago. Same thing happens with you guys listening right now. I don't care if you're 30 or if you're 70. There's something that you're doing right now that most likely will not rear its ugly head for 10, 20, 30 years. And then you're going to be like, how the heck did this happen? Well, it was 20 years ago, you started doing something slightly more on one side than the other side. Right. And we see that all the time in gut health too, is people will be like, I've been eating this my whole life. Why is it a problem now? And it's not that you've never had a food sensitivity, but the food sensitivity never exposed itself until there was some type of trauma or insult to 
the immune system where the immune system had to start responding. So it's things that are occurring through life that are making the the big changes in your 30s, 40s, or in your 60s, 70s, 80s. Me personally, I'll never for, or I figured this out. It took me a long time to figure this out where my right foot for some reason is vulnerable to when I'm doing heel raises. So I'm working my calf muscles and I'm doing it barefoot. My intrinsics don't work as good on my right foot as my left foot. And I only feel it at end ranges. And it's just something that me being a dork with anatomy and physiology would know. Nobody else would know. And I'm going, why is this happening? And long story short, it took me a very long time to figure it out. However, when I was seven or eight, I forget how old I was, but I know I wasn't 10 yet. We were down in the Keys one weekend and we we're in the hotel room and the hotel room had two queen beds. So me and my brother were jumping back and forth from bed to bed, having a great time. And one of the times I went to go jump from one bed to the other, I was right on the edge of the bed and I slipped off before I was able to jump to the other bed. And on my way down, my right big toe got caught between the bed frame and the box frame. And it was excruciating. Oh my gosh, I thought I broke it. We thought it broke it, but you know, we didn't put, go and get an x-ray or anything. It hurt like heck. And that was at seven or eight years old. Then I go and I live my whole entire life through athletics and exercising and doing all this stuff, but it didn't rear its head until I really analyzed it when I was 35 years old. Had I not found this thing to where I can start working on it preventatively, when by the time I'm 50 years old, something would have happened. And it most likely wouldn't have been in my foot. It would have been my right knee, my right hip, something somewhere else would have happened. And it would have been like, how the heck did this happen? Well, 40 years ago, you hurt your big toe. Because you hurt your big toe, you weren't pushing off exactly the way you should have been on that right side for the past 40 years. So we're rambling now. Let's wrap things up. Don't forget Jake Berman's four keys to success for life longevity. Stand on one leg for 60 seconds, both sides. In the standing position, bend over and touch your toes. Do a really good squat and then get down on the ground and back up again without using your hands. I don't care if you're 30 years old or 60 years old. You better be able to do all four of those things if you want a high quality of life in your later years. And use all five of your golf memberships. And use all five of your golf memberships. (laughs) That was a fun one. Cool. Happy last week of January. Yes, and I made it through the entire month without any cookies. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. (laughs) If I can do it, you can do it. Ciao for now. See ya. Thank you for subscribing on your social media and podcast platforms to The Berman Method. Dr. Jake Berman with Berman Physical Therapy and Jenny Berman, Physician Assistant with Berman Health and Wellness. You can find more information on our website, www.bermanpt.com for physical therapy, bermanpt.com forward slash wellness for the health and wellness. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on your website 
podcast platform. So be sure to follow us, like us, subscribe to us. And if you would like any further information, definitely visit our website and reach out to us. You may also find our free reports on the websites as well, where you can download this free information for yourself. Have a great day.